2: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap
3: music to your ears. Malor
4: here. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full lineup of Yokohama tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you. One of over 10,000 recommended installers, TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the best of the Ben Maller Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight from 2 to 6 Eastern, 11 p.m. to 3 a.m. Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and to find your local station for the Ben Maller Show at FoxSportsRadio.com you can find it there or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR.
2: This is the best of the Ben Maller Show on Fox Sports Radio.
4: The narrative would have been much different in Houston had one thing gone the other way but Craig Kimbrell like a Houdini escape artist, able to get out in the ninth inning. He got his first ever two-inning save and looked like he should never pitch two innings in a game ever again after that performance. But he somehow got out of it, uh, and he gave up a run. He got six outs against the Astros in a game that ended just not that long ago, within the last half hour or so. It's I mean, ridiculous. These baseball games going on and on. And on. I mean, what, what are they doing here? Uh, But sure enough, uh, Kimbrel, the hero, if you will. Well, actually, he's not the hero. See, that's a lie. See, that's that's a lie. But the Red Sox, who are now up 3-1, the Astros are on the ropes. I want to remind you that the braggadocious Astro apologists were convinced that there was no concern at all with the Red Sox. That this Astro team, I had somebody who's covered baseball for 20 years tell me, this is the greatest uh, team in baseball since those Toronto Blue Jays went back to back. Yeah, where's that bozo right now? Where's he at? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So Jackie Bradley Jr., who was absolute hot trash for the first three months of the baseball season, so much so that there were questions whether or not he should even be on the roster and whether he should be sent to the minor leagues. But he had a big home run, again, becoming a Astro assassin for the Red Sox. And the Sox, again, 3-1 the series, and Justin Verlander can only pitch once. He's only going to pitch in one of the games. Uh, so that's it. Advantage Red Sox. And I'll, a couple of things I would like to address as well. The first is what happened on the final play of the game. Andrew Benintendi. In fact, before I describe what I thought of the play, that was a boomer bus play, but it was one of the one of my favorite calls of all time. Joe Castiglione, the l- longtime voice of the Boston Red Sox, is at the microphone, and he's trying to see what's going on because Alex Bregman hit a hard line drive to left, and Andrew Benintendi was playing left field, and listen to how this game. Came to its conclusion and listen closely to the quality of the audio. Listen. Kimbrough comes to the set.
2: Not able to step to the right The pitch. Swinging a line drive, left field. Benintendi coming on, dives, and did he make the catch? He did! He got it! The Red Sox As I just went head over heels in my chair. Joe just fell down. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. What a catch by Andrew Benintendi. Unbelievable. What a play. And the Red Sox lead the series three games to one. (laughs) That's like what happened to me
4: last night. There was a ghost in the studio last night here. The Geico Fox Sports Radio studios were haunted. And I was doing a Mallard monologue, and the microphone, like, fell but this is a case, this is Joe Castiglione, He's like a Hall of Fame broadcaster for the Red Sox. He got so excited, he fell down. Play it again, Roberto. I want to hear it again. It's broadcasting it to bloopers.
2: Alfield will step to the right, the pitch. Swing and a line drive, left field. Benintendi coming on, dives. And did he make the catch? He did. He got it. The Red Sox As win. I just went head over heels in my chair. Joe just fell down. <laughs> oh, wow. What a catch by Andrew Benintendi. Unbelievable. What a play. And the Red Sox lead
3: the series three games to one. That is one of the greatest calls I've ever heard. What a professional. He, he continued at, from the floor. I know. That is, is that not awesome? It was
1: a great call. It
3: was wonderful. I mean, the, the,
4: we, we like John Sterling. We we love John Sterling, the voice of the Yankees, and, and he's given us a lot of ridiculous uh, statements and things like that. But the, <laughs> the Red Sox, just think if that was like the final call of the World Series and the guy falls down, but uh, just wonderful, just absolutely marvelous. Uh, just great. And so the Red Sox win 8-6 to six the finals. You heard there several times on the call. But the Andrew Benintendi play. All right. Now that, you, you talk about. A Waterloo moment in a baseball playoff game, a random baseball playoff game, because, well, it's not a random baseball playoff game. It's a massively important game for the Red Sox. But Ben Intendi went all in. Now, we used to go all in. We haven't done that in a while. Maybe we'll bring that back. We used to go all in and pick games. But Ben Intendi, if you saw it, you know what I'm talking about. But if you're one of our blind listeners, Ben Intendi, if he doesn't catch the ball, it goes all the way to the wall. All the runners on base, all three of the runners on base would have scored, barring an unexpected defensive play by one of the Red Sox outfielders who wouldn't have been a It would have been Jackie Bradley Jr. that would have had to come over and field the ball. So if he doesn't make the catch, he's gone all in. He's put his massive balls on the line to make the catch. And if it doesn't go that way, we are having a much different conversation right now. We are having a much different conversation. So Benintendi, who could have been the villain, ends up being the defensive wizard. And he's like the third best defensive outfielder. Because Jackie Bradley Jr., is, the only reason he's really in the major leagues is because of his defense. He hasn't been terrible offensively, although you wouldn't know it against the Astros in the in the American League Championship Series. And Mookie Betts uh, is much better defensively than Andrew Benintendi. But that was in a bananas catch by Andrew Benintendi. In the outfield. Now, the other thing I would like to address, and there's a lot of dumb talk show hosts. I, 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 people, I don't understand here. I don't get it. I, I have been fighting and badgering. But I, I, don't, I don't understand the mindset. Now, if you saw this game at the very beginning of the game was a turning point at the very beginning of the game. So the Red Sox jumped out to the early advantage. Advantage Sox. Uh, so they come out, they're playing pretty well, in pretty good shape there. Uh, the Red Sox getting off to the kind of start you'd like to get off to on the road. The advantage you have when you're the road team is to score first. And the Red Sox were leading 2-0. And they're, they're feeling pretty good about themselves. They're thinking, well, okay, we're in good shape. But then the play. Like, do we have the call on this? I don't know. I'm going crazy on this with these play-by-play cuts. but I'm so excited about the the notorious Joe Castiglione call Uh the the uh, the call that we played a moment ago, but the the moment the defining moment involving who? Well Jose Altuve. Jose Altuve at the plate and he hits a high fly ball and it it's going, it's going, it's going, it's going, it's going, it's going. It was in the first inning, but it was it looked like a home run. It sounded like a home run, but it wasn't a home run because of fan interference. Here's how it's done. And Altuve
2: hits it in the air to right, fairly deep. It sends back Bats, still going back on the warning track. He leaves, and that ball is off the wall. It's in play. I think they're going to call fan interference. They are. And Altuve is going to stop at second. Springer at third. Right field umpire Joe West saying that a fan interfered with Lukey Betts as he left to catch that ball up against the fence. And right now a double for Altuve. All right. All right, headsets come off, and the call is the same. So it's going to be fan interference. Springer's going to be at third, Altuve at second. And Springer not happy. Neither is Altuve. Oh, wait, are they calling an out? Yeah. yeah, they're calling an out, so Springer goes back to first base. Yeah, so they're calling right. that an out. Good. That's the correct call. So Altume call. is out. There are two outs in the inning, and Springer's at first base. Yeah, that's
4: the accurate call. And you, know, you hear, and a lot I hate to say this because there's a lot of people that I like in radio who are being exposed as frauds. They don't know baseball. They don't watch baseball. Joe West made the absolute correct call. And the reason, we, and I, I've ripped Joe West a million times, everyone does, but country Joe West in a hostile stadium with a bunch of crazy Texans all around him had the, the machismo to get the call correct. Mookie Betts was denied the home run, and uh, I love these experts. Oh, no, that was a horrible. And that's why the Astros lost because of first inning call, which, by the way, is absurd, right? Because Why? The Astros tied the game. So tell me that defined the game, that first inning. It's ridiculous. It was the correct call. That was the right call. I don't want to hear anything. The Astros came back and they chipped away, right? Chipped away and all that. And they worked themselves back into the game. They worked themselves back into the game. Loser. Yeah, it's the loser's lament. Blame Joe West. Blame good old country Joe. Let's hear from more of the participants in this. How about A.J. Hinch, the Astros manager? Is he going to be on the hot seat for losing this series the way the Astros are losing? I mean, this is embarrassing. What happened to A.J. Hinch? He's lost his way. Bad job by him. I guess he's not that great a manager after all without that extra help, huh? Yeah, all right. Here's uh, A.J. Hinch asked about what happened. You'll hear the question and the answer. A.J., what did you think of... The call on Jose Altuve's... <laughs> what do you think I
1: thought? What, what, what did, what what it did I see? I saw fan interference. I've had this a couple yeah, times. That's we right. We have as a yeah, team. That's what and they deemed the fan reached over into the
4: field of play and interfered with bets. And Jose pays the biggest price because the trajectory of the ball looked like it was going to leave the ballpark. But we assume, and you can assume a lot with Mookie because he's an incredible athlete, we assume he's going to make this spectacular catch,
1: jumping as high as he can into the, into the crowd. I asked for a review, and obviously they're going to give it to us. They reviewed it and came back with the same outcome. So once the fan reaches in, you know, past that line of the fence, I mean, I, we're going to penalize hitters.
4: Yeah, and that's the way it should be. That's what grown-ups do. Joe West is an adult. We've got a lot of children that don't know baseball, and Joe West is the adult in the room. Now here's Alex Cora. Let's hear from the other side. The Red Sox manager, I'm sure Alex Cora will say it was a terrible call. It should have been an Altuve home run,
2: right? Yes? No? Joe called it out right away. I saw the replays, and you know, I know the boundaries and all that. And I was pretty sure that it was going to be called out. You know, he didn't reach over the, the fence. He was actually parallel with the, with the wall. So that's the rule, and we got the out.
4: Yeah. So since there's a lot of dumb people, let me explain here, okay, because i got to help you out. You're not that bright, okay? Here's why that was the correct call. If you go to the Major League Baseball rulebook, rule 3.16. I love reading rules. It's what I got in the radio for it, read rules. But rule 3.16, if a spectator, uh, or spectator interference clearly prevents a fielder from catching a fly ball, the umpire shall declare the batter out. Done. That's it. Nothing else. Mookie Betts would have caught that ball. That old dude from Houston interfered with the great Mookie Betts. He should never be allowed in an Astro game again. He should be banned from all Major League Baseball stadiums. What kind of hoodlum activity is this guy doing? How dare him? That's a criminal act, by the way. What, what are you doing? Okay? What are you doing? Seriously. Mookie Betts one of the great defensive outfielders, and he would have made the case. Now, he's, oh, people are saying, uh, these conspiracy theorists, Oh, his glove was closed. He would have opened the glove. He was going to open the glove is what he was going to do. We know he was going to open the glove. It's insane. All right? And, I, and this, this Astro fan, this this weasel, this Astro fan, okay? Put a sock in it, okay? We know you're dirty. You're dirty, dirty, dirty. Just like the team, you're dirty. All right? Stop with that. I hope you enjoy watching the Red Sox in the World Series because I'll have a lot of angst when I watch the Red Sox and Dodgers in the World Series because the Dodgers and Red Sox, my Armageddon is one win for the Sox and one win for the Dodgers. And I am going to have a very stressful few weeks is what I'm going to have in my life. So that's what I have to look forward to. All right. So press on, as they say here. I could keep going. I have a lot to say. I haven't even touched what I really wanted to talk about, which is the fraudulent activity of the commissioner's office. We'll get to that later. We'll push that back.
1: It's great getting porn, I'm yeah. telling you.
4: Maybe that's what the commissioner's office was doing rather than investigating. But it was a thorough investigation by Major League Baseball.
3: Oh, yeah, it's terrible.
4: Yeah, yeah. You know, President Trump wishes that Major League Baseball would investigate his activity rather than the Mueller probe, <laughs> which has been going on for over a year. Can you imagine? Baseball? Ah, nothing, nothing, not a thorough investigation, no wrongdoing. Ah. They are such a laughing stock, the Commissioner's Office. It's so embarrassing. Imbe- Everyone knows the Astros have been cheating for years, and they get caught, and baseballs. Ah, nah, nah, nothing to see here. No, 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 no. When I think about playoffs, my nipples get hurt. Yeah. just yeah. don't think about the World Series. Is Ralph on tape again or is he here? I don't know. I think he's on tape he's again. He's on tape yeah. again. Yeah. Ralph does not he goes to bed like at six o'clock, so.
2: Check, check. One, two, one, two. There he
4: is right there. Ralph, the way I did here's my my theory on Ralph, okay? Wreck it, Ralph. It's gonna take Ralph about about two weeks to get used to doing overnights. By by about the time Eddie Garcia comes back from Europe, assuming he made it there, uh, by the time Eddie comes back from London and Paris and Croatia and all the other places he's going, by about that time Ralph will be ready to go, and then he will never work overnights again. You know, for another like six months. That's that's usually how that works. But my man Roberto, man, he's full. He's fully decked out. What do you, what jersey you have on? I see this. Yasio, please. Yes. Big stolen base there. Look at that. I like that. It's a good look. Solid look. A big hit, man, as well. Is Coop wearing any of his Bronco fan gear? Uh, gear? Angel gear. Oh, he's got some angel stuff on? No. No, No, I'm not
3: wearing any gear. Why
4: not? Big game for the
3: Broncos Thursday night. It's on Fox.
4: Oh, yeah, that's
3: true. Coop. Yeah, huge game.
4: Massively important game. Broncos and Cardinals. That'll get a huge rating. Massively important. Because it's on Fox. That's why. Von Miller said they're going to kick their ass. Yeah. I'll be watching the, the baseball didn't game. Didn't he say the same thing before the Broncos played the Jets? No, I don't think no, he did. No, he didn't say that? Oh, okay. Interesting. I'll be watching the baseball game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, of course. Listen. I'm going to enjoy every, every out. Although Verland Is, is Chris and pitching? Houston going to call today? That's, that's the question. No, yeah, I, I, I try to tell these people. They don't listen to me. I mean, the whole the morning show on our affiliate in Houston, I was a talking point on our affiliate. On 790 in Houston. Yeah, I remember that. I'm sure we're being covered up. I assume by Astros post game, but I was on the Motor Show was debating like my position that the Red Sox were going to beat the Astros, and like I was some kind of dope. I was like a Skip Bayless wannabe because I gave the correct analysis of the American League Championship Series. I mean, what was it? I'm the, I'm the hot take guy when I got it right. And wh- what is that? I mean, wh- what are we doing? It's just part of the hijinks of the the, the late night show. Here.
1: Are you there? No, he's yeah. gone.
4: I'd also like to thank whoever's in charge of the printer. When I came in here and I got here early, I was at a a basketball game, which I didn't really watch. I was watching the Red Sox game, but I was at a basketball game. Watched about two seconds of the basketball game, and uh, and, and so I'm watching that. I'm watching that, and I. I come in here. I get I get here early. I'm very proud of myself. I'm a, I'm an adult. I get to work early. I do all my uh, work. I print some a few notes up for the show, and I go to get it out of the Steve Harvey approved printer. The the printer right next to Steve Harvey's studio in the iHeart Media Building here, the Premier Networks, and the damn thing it doesn't work. There's nothing there. Printer jam or some. Or no, or some there's no. like a there's like a toner issue or something going on. So I don't know how to. fit, I know how to when there's low paper. I know how to put paper in. I know if there's a jam, I kind of know how to get the jam out. I don't know what to do if there's no... I don't know where the toner is. So I'm I'm done. That's it. So I got nothing. Maybe Alex knows where the toner is. You think so? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Occasionally,
4: when you come into the, the radio station, it's uh, not difficult. I don't know if difficult's the right word, but... Ah, uh, convoluted, right? You're not sure. Sometimes there's nothing, nothing really great going on, and you're like, okay, I got to find something to talk about. But th- this is this is very straightforward. Uh, this is uncomplicated. You've got the Red Sox, and we'll get back to that later. But the Red Sox, who have the Houston Astros, one of the great overrated teams in my lifetime, one loss away from losing in five games. It's three-one. Uh, the Red Sox are ahead of the Astros. Uh, Andrew Benintendi, wonderful defense, tremendous defense, the play of the game at the end. Joe West getting the correct call. There's a lot of people that don't watch baseball, football people that don't know about baseball and they they, they you know now they fancy themselves as baseball experts. They they've watched two games and their playoff games. But Joe West got the call right on the Mookie Betts home run that uh, or the uh, the home run actually by Jose Altuve, but Mookie Betts was playing defense on. Uh, this this just weasel Astro fan who interfered uh, and should never be allowed at a stadium again uh, for that activity, it was criminal activity. I, I think he could be charged with a crime. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that, that that's that's wonderful. But the Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde story is in Los Angeles of the baseball postseason. Clayton Kershaw is he going to be good Clayton or bad Clayton? You don't know until he gets on the mound. Clayton Kershaw limiting the Brewers to just one run in seven sparkling innings on a sun-soaked day at Chavez Ravine. And he struck out nine. So the Dodgers win 5-2. to little pull-away action there. And L.A. now up three games to two in the National League Championship Series, which means they have two shots to win one game. And Clayton Kershaw nearly came out after five innings. There was that moment, that turning point in the game. But Dave Roberts or maybe the computer, who knows, but uh, well, I guess we'll give Roberts credit, decided I'm going to leave Kershaw into bat because Austin Barnes got a single. If Austin Barnes does not get a single, Kershaw's out of the game. But Barnes got a, si- a hit to tie the game at one. It turned out to be a sage decision. Kershaw cranked it up afterwards. The Brewers were twisted into pretzels, and not even salted pretzels, just those bad pretzels without salt. That's what the Brewers got twisted into there as Kershaw was dashed. He was he was the good Clayton Kershaw, and and that was not necessarily a cakewalk because the Brewers had some opportunities. But after that point, Kershaw took off and he, he was was pretty good. And a lot of those Brewer hitters looked pathetic at, at home plate. They did in the later part of this particular game, and so Kershaw continues to be a boomerang. He goes down, he goes back. And you don't know what you're going to get. He's like a box of chocolates. <laughs> <laughs> and it was necessary. Game one, in part because of the baseball incompetence of Yasmani Grandal behind the plate. But Kershaw gave up five runs, four of them earned against the Brew Crew in the first game of the NLCS. But the better story is in the losing locker room, as it usually is. And so rather than sit here and wax poetic about how great the Dodgers were, and will be when they get back to the World Series while the Astros fall by the side of the road. Uh, Rather than do that, we must focus in on the shenanigans of the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, It was, you talk about uh, comical, farcical, that's Brewer baseball. I don't know how anybody in Wisconsin can even support this team. It's not a baseball team. Uh, It's a joke is what the Brewers are doing. So Craig Council, if you missed the game, Either because you hate baseball like Big Lou, or if you missed the game because you just happened to, you know, you have a job and you couldn't watch it. Or if you're on the West Coast, I guess on the East Coast you could have watched it. The game started at five o'clock. But anyway, all right. So get to the point, please. So the absurd managing of Craig Council. Council pulled his starting pitcher. I say that in quotes, air quotes. Wade Miley, after he walked Cody Bellinger, that was the Dodger leadoff hitter. On five pitches. Five pitches. They go to the bullpen. They bring in Brandon Woodruff. And Miley's out. That's it. Gonzo. No runs were scored by the Dodgers. Now, eventually, the Dodgers got some revenge. Woodruff did end up allowing three runs, a couple of earned runs, in five and a third innings. He ended up taking the loss. But let's discuss. The question, what do you make of the Milwaukee Brewers and what they're doing with their pitching staff in the National League Championship Series, and specifically this Wade Miley deal. My goodness. Now, my thoughts on this, you've got class action, paranoid, and pandemic. We'll tie it all together. Now, first of all, the Milwaukee Brewers are essentially conceding that they're not good enough to beat the Dodgers straight up. That's what they're see. Every time they do these shenanigans with their pitching staff, it's their way of saying, we really have players that blow, and we're not good enough. The Dodgers have better players, so we have to go to these alternative things to try to win. And they've, they've become a sideshow. I keep using that word. I believe it's the proper word, sideshow. That's Milwaukee Brewer Baseball. The Brew Crew pulled this stunt to get the Dodgers to adjust their lineup because they couldn't beat the Dodgers straight up. So they're like, okay, we got to get them to put mostly right-handed hitters in, which the Dodgers did in their lineup. And they used Wade Miley as a decoy, a five-pitch decoy by Wade Miley. And the, the part of the story, and it needs to be told, is Wade Miley went through the routine in the postseason the day before a playoff start. They have a gala news conference. The starting pitchers are the next day go to the dais and they are obligated to address reporters. Wade Miley went to the podium knowing that he was going to face one batter and answered a bunch of questions about being the starting pitcher for the Milwaukee Brewers. It's unbelievable. It is totally dishonest. That's what it is. It's totally dishonest by Miley who should be fine by the, you know, of course the commissioner's got no, he's gutless. The commissioner of baseball, so he'll do nothing. He'll he'll sit there and do nothing. Uh, But it's dishonest. It's unbelievable. He tossed five pitches, and he knew that that was the plan. He knew that was the plan, Wade Miley. Now, the other part of this year, Major League Baseball, and it's not perfect, right? There's things that could be better. But for, I don't know, 100 years or so, baseball's had kind of a gentleman's agreement where you have your starting pitcher that's announced, They make a big deal. Back when newspapers were a big thing, they used to put the names of the starting pitchers in the newspapers. Now a lot of us go to websites. They have the names of the starting pitchers. If I go to whatever your favorite website is and you look at the schedule, they list the teams and the starting pitchers for the next few games. That's what they have. So that's the way it's been set up. And then when the starting pitcher tires out, then you go to the bullpen. Now if the starting pitcher does legitimately get hurt, you go to the bullpen. Those things are allowed. Major League Baseball... Their marketing department promotes the starting pitcher on the marquee to encourage people to come to the stadium. They put the names of the starting pitchers out there as a promotional effort to get people into the ballpark. Come out and see starting pitcher blank against starting pitcher blank, right? That's not how they market. They didn't throw the names out there. Now, I have a theory on this. Right, you got a theory. We have a lot of lawyers in the United States of America. Some would say too many. I've pointed out before that every year, based on the number of people that take the bar exam, we have roughly 60,000 new attorneys in the United States. Now, they are not all practicing attorneys. Some people, for reasons beyond me, go through the process or process. They take the bar exam with no intention of ever actually practicing law But there are 60,000 new attorneys every year in the United States. This has class action lawsuit written all over it, what the Milwaukee brewers have done. And if you bought a ticket, look at it this way. If you like music, all right, I'm trying to relate to the common man. Let's say you like music. Let's say you like Jay-Z. You're a fan of Jay-Z. Jay-Z announces, you know what? I'm going to go on tour. I'm going to go. And he does this with Beyonce, right? They were on tour. You go around the the United States and you buy tickets to see Jay-Z. You're a big fan of Jay-Z. And you go and you spend, uh, you know, $100, 200 bucks on a ticket. You know, you go there with your significant other or your friends. You go see Jay-Z. He comes out on stage. He starts performing and midway through the first song, the stage manager comes out on the stage and says, "Alright, Jay-Z, that's enough." And some other bozo comes out there and starts singing. Right? How would that go? You go to a concert to see someone, and the other person runs out. That's what Craig Council did. That's what he did with Wade Miley. Totally Garbage. disingenuous. It's the bait and switch. And what about the kids? What about the children that love Wade Miley? He's their favorite player, and they wanted to go see Wade Miley pitch. You he, five pitches. What about the children? The Brewers don't care about kids. That's what I'm saying. I mean, Wade Miley's one of the horrible, biggest.
1: Horrible, horrible, and really bad.
4: Wade Miley's dignified. He's a, he's a stately man, although he's a disingenuous man from his news conference. But to think that the fans were deprived, that's class action lawsuit. The Brewers are going to get sued up the wazoo for this, and they should. They should. <phone rings> now, the second point, not to be overly dramatic, because that's not my style, to be overly dramatic, and I certainly do—I do not do snark. I do not do snark on the radio. I do not do that. But because, you know, that's just, I do other shtick. That's not my shtick. But this is a pandemic in baseball. All right? This is a a pandemic. It is. Now, I would put this on par with what the NBA has had the last couple years where players are jerry-rigging the schedule. Except this is in the playoffs now. Uh, You know in the NBA playoffs, Players miss games during the regular season. Now they've they, the reason they started the NBA season way before they should have started the NBA season was because they wanted to give more days off because the uh, many of the NBA players are delicate little flowers and they you know they can't work back to back days because they, they actually just they melt when they they play back to back days and so that's become a thing and they jerry rigged the schedule taking healthy days off to rest up for the playoffs. Uh, and it's it's absurd, right? But this is also absurd. Rob Manford and the powers that be need to nip this in the bud. They won't do it because they don't do anything. They sit on their hands. That's baseball's management style, to sit on their hands while saying, we don't like the ratings down, we don't like the attendance is not going the right. And, but it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Rob Manford and the powers that be have an opportunity to do something. It's bad for baseball. If you catch an illness, you fight the illness. When you find out, if you catch it early, you got a chance to beat it, your chances go up. If you let it get out of control, you are doomed. Now, one last point, and it needs to be said here. The Dodgers have a better roster, as I pointed out here, than the Brewers. We can agree on that. I think everyone that knows baseball knows the Dodgers have a better team than Milwaukee. But have you also noticed that the Brewers are losing the mental part of this? Now, what do I mean by that? Craig Council literally bitches about everything that happens during the game. He complains about everything. Now they're turning to decoys. like They've now gone to the decoy card. and Clearly, they didn't think Brandon Woodruff was a qualified enough pitcher to go against the meat and potato of the Dodger lineup. And so they decided, well, we'll help him out. We'll put Wade Miley out there for five pitches. I'm also convinced... That the Brewers, the, the Dodgers are in their head so much, being uh, spit roasted here recently, that they are convinced every single player in a Dodger uniform is dirty. Uh, and there's this great injustice against the Milwaukee Brewers by these players, led by Manny Machado and friends. Uh, even in the first inning, there was a play at second base, Max Muncie tagging the runner, Lorenzo Cain, and Cain, oh, he pushed me off the bag. You slid past the bag, stupid. That's what you did. Whining and complaining and all that. Uh, But the Dodgers are winning the mental warfare part of this this series is what they're doing, and its greatness is what it is. And they have to because they are not uh, dominating offensively. They're making some very marginal pitchers look very good. Is what they're doing. Uh, let's hear from uh, the the man of the hour here, the one that complains about everything, Craig Council, and he explains his disingenuous, dishonest decision with the five pitch starting pitcher Wade Miley.
2: Yeah, that's what we were going to do all along. Wade is going to pitch Game Six. You know, we if if we went down three one, we were considering having Wade pitch this game. You know, other than that, this is this is kind of what we were uh, we were, were decided we were going to do.
4: Who's going to pitch game one of the World Series? Well, you'll have to ask the Dodgers that because the Brewers will be watching. So Dave Roberts and the Super Analytics Department will have the decision to make on that. Uh, here's more from Craig Council who admits, he's he, at least I'll give him this, he's admitting the Brewers just aren't good enough, so they're trying to, to essentially push the rules.
2: They're trying to get matchups. We're trying to get matchups. They're a very tough team to get matchups against, yeah. and um, we were able to get Woody some matchups.
4: How's that going? Count? What a, what a bozo. Craig Counselor, seriously. I'd be embarrassed. I, I would literally be embarrassed if I was a, a big league manager doing that. Uh, what, what, are you, what are you doing? Uh, here's Craig Counsel. Now, I did notice. Uh, maybe I'm the only one. Joe Buck and John Smoltz during the game sounded like they were Tony Robbins trying to give a pep talk to the Milwaukee Brewers. Well, they're going home, and Josh Hader's rested, and yeah. – Really trying to convince people that the, the Brewers were in good shape. They're not, by the way. They're not. Uh, anyway, here's one more from Craig Council who uh, talks about the confidence or false confidence.
2: We're in a good spot, man. We're going what? home. And, yeah. you know, I, I know uh, <laughs> you, you're going to pick what if and we could capture another one of these games. But, you know, we're still going home and, and have a chance with this thing and, and with a bunch of guys in really good shape.
4: You know what that reminds me of? If, you're, if you've are if you been listening to me for a long time, one of my favorite drops, and we don't play it much anymore, but the Miami Heat, I've been here way too long, but the Miami Heat and Dallas Mavericks, I think it was year one of the Heatles when they were losing to the Dallas Mavericks in the series. They lost at home, and they had to go to Dallas and win both games in Dallas. And Eric Spolstra came out, the Heat coach, and he kept saying, wouldn't have it any other way. He... He was asked like multiple questions at at the news conference after the game for the Heat. This is many years ago, and he said, "Wouldn't have it any other way," and that became a thing on the show. And Craig Council's like, "Sounds, I know what's he gonna say. I I know what's he supposed to say. (laughs) What is this? That's that's what in my head when Council was talking, it it sounded to me like, "Wouldn't have it any other way." All right, so Ben Mallory Sean Fox. Robbie, the Mariner fans, triggered. He needs a blankie and a warm glass of milk. He says, This is your worst monologue ever. Uh, he says, If the Dodgers had done this with Miley, you would have said this was brilliant gamesmanship. No, 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 no. That's wrong, Robbie. All right, the Dodgers would never stoop to these kind of levels. You don't understand that with the, Do- the Dodgers are a real baseball team, the Brewers are a fraud. The Milwaukee Brewers are a fraud. They're, they're like a smoke and mirror show. The Milwaukee Brewers is what they are. Great Council wants to review every single play. <laughs> That's right, Roberto. It's a good job by you. Anything else you'd like to add, Roberto? Yeah, I was there. wondering what was going on on that Lorenzo Cain play. I was like, what's, what's yeah. going on here? Yeah, Cain was convinced that Max Muncy had pushed him off the bag. Bunch of crybabies, yeah. dude. Exactly. That's Brewer baseball. Bernie Brewer actually has tears going down his face, you know, just like their fans and their players. Ridiculous. <laughs> Insane. All right. Uh, Mr. Nice Guy says, as much as it pains me to say, I must agree with your monologue. The Brewers are frauds. I look forward to Blind Scott trashing you and Roberto when the Red Sox beat the Dodgers. So, Mr. It's not nice. happening. I said it. I going to go all the way. Well, it's... you did actually say the season was over with a week to go in the season, Roberto, but, but, but that's okay. But it, it was looking bleak, man. Yeah, it was. It was I agree with you on that. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about it off the air just, like- just, just Josh says nobody's going to the park To see Wade Miley uh, that's, that You're incorrect Josh No, Wade Miley has many you know, Men, women, and children that love him He's a, a star, he's been in Major League Baseball For years, Wade Miley He's garbage he's a star oh yeah. Yeah, yeah he's on the market be sure to catch live editions of the ben Maller show weekdays at 2 a.m eastern 11 p.m pacific let's go here we go let's do it right now.
2: it's Maller. how about that to the third degree Fire this is when big ben gets
4: grilled
3: and the coop the loop now kevin durant only signed a two-year deal with the warriors and according to at least one insider the nba is hoping that he goes somewhere else next season Ben, do you think it would really help the uh, the league for him to leave? Yes, by all means.
4: It would be good for talk radio. I'm worried about me. It gives us stuff to talk about. New stuff is interesting. And, And a couple of things. Now, A, people get excited about the transaction, the anticipation. Not only would it add a layer of intrigue to see how the Warriors would handle Durant leaving, but to see how he handles it in a relocation situation. And B, if Durant leaves the Warriors... Then it would be ridiculous to go play for another super team. He's going to have to go out and do it again, right? With somebody else, he's going to have to recreate something. So you think New York with the Knickerbockers, uh, the morbid Knicks, or come to L.A. and play for the Clippers, the blue collar Clippers,
3: one of those teams? Next, <laughs> there are a couple more years left on yeah, Clayton. Why would you laugh? That's just funny. <clears throat> so there are a couple more years left on Clayton Kershaw's seven-year contract with the Dodgers, but Kershaw has an opt-out clause after this season. Yeah. Ben, do you want him to opt out? Yes and no. My main answer is
4: yes. I, I'm not convinced. He pitched well. Congratulations. I don't trust him. I don't trust the man. And that scares me. But I, I'm i mainly concerned if Kershaw opts out of his contract. He's got two years left in his contract. My concern is that if he opts out, that the Dodger ownership will do something irrational. And instead of having him under contract for two years, they'll sign him to a five-year contract. I think you can get enough toothpaste out of the tube for a couple of years with Kershaw, but he's going to be 31 next season. He's got a lot of wear on the tires. It's better off not extending him out another five years. Not my money, but I, I'd be fine if he left. It wouldn't break my heart. But I have a feeling he's going to stay.
3: Next, Ben Paul Allen was one of the uh, was the one that hired Pete Carroll nine years ago to be the head coach of the Seahawks. That saw them get the to two Super Bowls, winning one of them. Now, with Allen's passing, the question of Carroll's future with the Seahawks has come up. Ben, how much longer does he stick around? This
4: is it. The end of the season. Carroll's gone in Seattle. I was talking to a USC booster who said, we would love to have Pete Carroll back. It's true. I was at the Clipper game. They were like, yeah, we'd love to have Carroll back if he would do it. They don't know if Carroll would want to come back to USC. But nah, keep it. yeah, he's done in Seattle. Right, how do we do? Quick. He pass. I won. He said I won at the
2: buzzer. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hit the it's now time for time, time, time for then Hurry, hurry, I can hardly wait. Ask Ben. Twitter. Send us
4: your questions on Twitter now. Do a couple questions, kind of an appetizer. Good restaurant, you get know, little appetizer there, go to a sports bar, you have the chicken fingers, maybe the sampler dish. Some onion rings, those cheese sticks. Ask Ben. Your questions, are answers. Koopaloop, the master of ceremonies here.
3: Question for you. Okay, very good. This is from Ernie on Twitter. Hi, Ernie. Ben, which one of the 65 producers that you've had over the many years has become the biggest big-timer and has ignored you? Oh, man, that's a good question.
4: Uh... I don't even remember all of them. I don't I don't even like, I guess the one's that been most successful is Brickley. The Brick. He's got his like own internet thing and going on and all that. I had interns that are TV people, big writers and all, I don't know. Well, I don't talk to anybody really, so none of them ignored me. I just don't want to talk to them. I'm not very social. So. I still I haven't talked to Miranda in a while. I think she's back in radio though. I think Miranda's back in radio. I heard she's working at KFI. Is that right? Did you hear that? Is that correct?
3: I'm not sure. Oh, all right. should probably call her and ask, right? Yeah. All right, next. All right, Ben, another question for you. Yes. Uh, right. This is from Christopher McMillan on Twitter. Okay. Ben, on your sleep number bed, yeah. do you sleep on the left side or the right side? It's a great question. I sleep on the right side. The reason I sleep
4: on my right side, or the the right side of the bed, is because my wife picked the left side of the bed. That's why I sleep on the right side of the bed. It's a good answer. Yes. All right. That's how it always worked. Yes. Uh, next, real quick, one more, then we'll do
3: the the full version here. All right. Uh, let's go with let's go with this one. It's another one from uh, from Ernie. Oh, Ernie's very aggressive with the questions. Yes. Uh, it's for the whole crew. Actually, you know what? I'm going to ask one from Real Talk that he said he okay. told me earlier. You're changing on the fly. Yes. Uh, it's for everybody on the crew. He wants to know. When you need to spit, do you spit in the street? Are you spit in a napkin? Where do you spit? Now, are you talking like a full big loogie, or are you yeah, talking about you, just a little spittle? Yeah, or or like, like or do do you you know spit at all, yeah, or just you, you know? Yeah. Well,
4: I am I I'm what you call a polite spitter. Okay, what I, what I mean is like now if I'm, I, I try to avoid places people are walking because I don't want them to like walk in my loogies. But what I will do is I'll if I see like grass or a tree, or, I'll spit a loogie on a tree. Well, <laughs> that sounded bad. Didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you, tree. What about you, Ralph? Yeah, Ralph, uh, you big spitter. Bushes. Typically. Bushes. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like me. I uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's called yeah. being classy. That's right, uh, Roberto. I'll spit anywhere. I don't care anywhere, anytime, a- any place.
3: I don't care. Uh, all right. What about you, you Your spitting technique. Right? Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't uh, normally spit. I don't. I don't get a lot of phlegm. I guess it really only happens when I, I take too big of a hit and. <laughs> And then usually Coop, I just your mic's on, Coop. Jesse goes with the <laughs> other option. <answer. Did laughs> and then usually I just I open the front door and uh, just so the like, front door. Yeah, just right out my front right door. Right out. Yeah.
4: But do you ever go out? Alright, all right, we'll stop. Pause for the cause. <laughs> Big pile of loogies at Coop's door. We'll move on and we will get to more of Ask Ben. Your questions are answers. Very alarming. We'll get to that. We'll do it next. Let's move on. back. ask Ben back to Coopaloop. Coop, by the way, the militia loves your story of spitting a loogie because you're
3: high. They love that. (laughs) Uh, uh, They're getting a big kick out of that. All right, what's next? All right, Ben, we got a question for you. Uh, This is from Jason on Facebook. Hello, Jason. Where does cottage cheese rank on your disgusting spectrum, Ben?
4: Yeah, I don't talk about it because I don't feel it's very popular. It's not as mainstream as ranch dressing. But no, cottage cheese is a derogatory term. Uh, when uh, you know, men and women poke fun at fat people they say you have cottage your know, cheese uh, thighs or whatever so it's a people most people hate it uh, I don't like it it's disgusting it's a a cousin of ranch dressing a thicker cousin of ranch
3: dressing next all right this is for the crew this is from Kevin on Facebook hi Kevin Says for the crew, I was stuck on the four hundred five when it got shut down this past weekend, and was stranded on the freeway for I over saw, three I hours. All
4: that, I would kill myself.
3: <laughs> <laughs> what is the worst jam that you've ever been in?
4: Oh, I've been in some doozies, uh, be- but it's it's the the worst part is when you don't know sh- for sure what's going on. Like I'm kind of okay when they do a traffic break or whatever. There's an accident because you figure they're going to clear the accident, but if you're way back and you don't know, uh, I'm trying to think like there's one specific, it's happened a lot. I drive in weird hours, and there's accidents, and they close the whole freeway. And the and the uh, they call it Caltrans out here. It re- do you remember anything specific Ralph, for you that you were? No, is that just for no? Me? No, oh, I no. can't.
2: I mean, I've been in just bad traffic, but nothing really
1: awful,
4: biblical. Yeah,
1: I no, was actually. Like that.
4: I was driving to a studio to do a a show for uh, KJR in Seattle to the studio in LA here and I almost didn't make it because of uh, the traffic uh, accident. What about you, Roberto? I was in traffic for 6 hours once. 6 back, hours? Driving back from from school in Huntington Beach. Oh man, I just pulled over. terrible. Just pull over. I did. What it about was the
3: same thing? Yeah, what about you, Roberto? Uh, Bye <laughs> I just <I'm> the, <laughs> I think I've I got you guys. At looking at Roberto. I think you've got you guys beat. I will remember this till the day I die. Uh, I was coming back from Las Vegas in January, and all of a sudden there was a snowstorm in the San Bernardino Mountains, yeah. and I was stuck. It took me seven and a half hours to oh. get back home from Vegas. Seven and a half? Was it a Sunday? It was. Never?
4: Oh. No, no. Yeah, That's don't, a rookie mistake. Yeah, don't leave no, it on no, no. I will stay. Well, sometimes till- you just have to do it. No, I can't do it. No, I'll I'll leave a day early rather than come back on Sunday. Vegas to L.A. on Sunday? Oh, i forget about it. Finito. Done.
0: Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.
4: Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh?
0: A Redwood Forest would be cool. Ski slopes!
4: Wait! Did we
1: just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at VisitCalifornia.com.